Person. <laughs> it's a lot of feeling. It's, it's a giving lot of me feelings. some uh, tinglys in my nose. I taste metal. <laughs> uh, we're pretty hyped. We both we both drank some poisons. All the poisons. Um, the so water poison. The caffeine poison. The alcohol poison. Water. That's what I forgot. Fuck it. <laughs> Whatever. Whatever. Uh, we. It's are... just like this weekend's adventure race. You don't need water. <laughs> I don't know how we did that. Don't know how I how we all survived on one backpack from 9:30 p to 9 a. That's terrifying. That's bad. Um, we must have our insides must have been made of dry, like fruit roll ups by the end of that. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. seems very bad. Uh, so 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 uh, we'll be dropping this episode along with another previously recorded episode. So you're gonna get hit with a double deuce back when back. we drop this episode. Race post race. Yeah, Whoa. coming at ya. Monster truck rally. <laughs> it's Sunday. 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 It's fine. Everything's fine. No, we're, we're fine. We're you're fine. Excited. You're excited. <laughs> and we should mention we're we're here in person because we both got our two shots fully vaccinated. Fully vaccinated. Pfizer Moderna, I got the vaccine. Up inside my Pfizer Moderna, I got the vaccine. Up inside my Pfizer Moderna. I got the vaccine. I feel it clean with the vaccine. I'm sorry, guys. This is going to be like 20 more minutes of this. So if you're on a long run and you need to hear something sensical, you're going to have to fast forward. So just just know... that's that's where we're coming from today. Yeah, go listen to that Tim podcast or whatever makes you feel calm. Uh-huh. Because this. this is not it. This is not it. This is not it. No, this is a fully vaccinated, monstered, bang, wine, wine spritzered, freak out mode. Thrusting our crotches at the camera madness. <laughs> Booty popping, crotch thrusting, hand slapping in real life. Oh! You're there. I'm here. It's us. We don't have to high five our own selves. Oh, okay. Okay, I'm sweating and crying. I am actually sweating. sweating I am actually sweating. Okay. Okay, and these t-shirts are so breathable. All right, so let's back up. Uh, we we should... actually have to race cap yes, a couple we, things. Yes, we have to race recap a couple of things. First, we want to give a shout out to our virtual racers being teat reaped as we speak. Oh, yes. So we've gone through 16 different date changes mm-hmm. on the Sugarloaf Teat Reaper mm-hmm. and settled on doing it virtually with people doing an attempt of six hours of the Sugarloaf course. Uh, anytime between April 10th and May 10th. We're smack dab in the middle of that and have seen some great results so far. Man, if you've done it, man. please make sure you submit your results so that we can have a nice cumulative table of all the juiciness going on. And if you haven't done it yet, no fear. You have three more weeks uh, to do your attempt. So, yeah, so stoked to see people on the course already on different days at different times all spread out. We've got Adventure racers, ultra runners, crossfitters, hikers, cyclists. We've got some cyclists. Yeah, cyclists. 
So many teats being ripped and so many tits being ripped clean off. <laughs> Everybody loves a good loafy. Also, uh, we had an idea during the uh, adventure race. Mm-hmm. Was it during the adventure race? We had a lot we, of ideas. We already know the name of our next race, and I'm I'm going to put it right out there so that it doesn't, uh, because it's going to come to fruition. Oh, I went into a fugue state, so tell yes. me about it, Amy. I can't, was it, I honestly can't remember now when we came up with it. Our next race will be called There Will Be Blood. Oh, yes, 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 yes. And it will be menstrual themed. <laughs> sorry, guys. Uh, sorry, I'm not, not sorry. Sorry, not sorry. Yeah. There's enough, like, like, Dick and balls themed oh, yeah. races and oh, stuff. Yeah. We're good. We We've we need to catch up. Beer, Sasquatch, and ball jokes. Yes. We're going to make some menstrual jokes yep. and get the fuck on Yes. Board. And so it'll be called uh, There Will Be Blood and there will be uh, specific awards uh, such as getting an additional award criteria or emblem of some kind if you are, in fact, on the rag during the event. Oh, yeah. So You get a special award. This is something we've always wanted. Yes. Um, you know, running 100 milers while having your period, we do think that there should be a special Some kind of extra designation, yes. Yeah, you need either, like, a, a red belt buckle or you get another belt An- buckle. Yes, another star. Yeah, a med- you get like- two- yeah, something. something like that. It will be the first race that you've ever done in your whole entire life that you thought, that you think, I hope I'm on the rag. Yeah, that'll <laughs> never happen. I mean, wow. Because let's be again. honest, we're all, anytime we do a race, 9,700% of the time, you end up being on the rag when oh the race God. happens. And, yes, and actually just happened this past weekend during our race. And if you, this is such a... I would say this is a women's women's issues podcast, but I think that men can handle it. I hope that our fans I certainly can handle it. Yeah, if you if you can uh, free free bleed, we highly in- encourage it because there's less waste going into the environment. You're not carrying a bunch of used product in your own packs, and also just like who the fuck cares. I think, I mean, Annie did BFC while free bleeding and just rubbed some dirt into her crotch. It wasn't on purpose. Oh, but... <laughs> okay. Mine was a very purposeful free bleed just to, like, not upset my crotch any more than it was already upset. So I, like, want to get into the adventure race from this last weekend, the Shenandoah Epic Adventure Race, so bad. But I do want to hear about uh, you having a real race the yeah. weekend prior to that. Yeah. I would say I had two peak experiences uh, two weeks apart. And I, you know, that's saying a lot given that my only racing has been virtual in the last 13 months. Uh And I had some minor peak experiences during my virtual racing, but um, I really trained really hard for the Fool's 25K. The Fool's Gold 25K? (laughs) That's what Andy calls it, but that's not what it's called. (laughs) It is in Peninsula at the um, Camp Manitoc, which is a Boy Scout camp, which is one of our favorite things to do is go to Boy Scout camps Mm -hmm. to compete. Um... When we got there, the parking lot was full. And that, I was like, oh, well, maybe because it's a weird COVID year, I have a chance at winning because no one will be there. And then I found out that the race was, both of the races were sold out and it was just absolutely packed. Didn't you say it was like 250 people or something? Oh, yeah. Just in the 25K, there were 250 people. And that's the sound of a short break. (laughs) Welcome back. (laughs) (laughs) Um... Yes, anyway, so uh, I had trained a lot. I had done a lot of, like, uh, hill running and stairs and, like, pretty beefy, um, like, tempo runs on the weekend, which I usually don't do. I usually do long, slow. And so 
I went in not thirsty for blood, but like really focused and really ready to compete, which is not always a place that I'm, I'm usually, sometimes I'll be like, whatever happens, happens, and it's fine, I'll just do my best. Yeah. No, I was like, I would like to achieve my goals, and I will push very hard to get there. And on the previous episode, I think you said your, like, your goals were to make sure that you actually did a warm-up. Yes. Make sure that you pushed uh, in your middle miles, and mm-hmm. did, did you say you wanted to do a negative split? Yes. A negative split and something else. I, would, I wanted to uh, place in my age group. Mm-hmm. So I did all of those things. Oh. Oh. Yeah. It was a very competitive field. The times were between 15 and 40 minutes faster than the previous years. It was a muddy, muddy course. Not like sticky peanut butter mud, but wet mud. So there were some sections where you're just slippy and sliding. The cool part about the start was that because it's ship timed, it was a rolling start. There were supposed to be waves. But it just turned out that as you arrived, you could just start whenever you felt like it. So oh, that's nice. People were walking through the start, running through the start whenever they wanted. And there were, and when I started, there was no one else there. Cool. Um, which was awesome. And it, it's a little bit problematic because you never know who you're racing. I was going to say, maybe not when you're trying to be competitive. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so somebody passed me at mile two and uh, at a, out of a 15 and a half mile race. And I was like, okay, well, I got to keep an eye on her. And so I tried to catch her, tried to catch her, and I think I caught her with, like, one and a half to go and passed her. Though, unfortunately, the way it landed was that she beat me by 30 seconds because of her start time, even mm-hmm. though I was way ahead of her in the finish. Gotcha. Um, but I ran super strong. I had a very solid playlist. I, I was, my mantras were form, form will give function, where I was just making the perfect running form and then, gear, like, promising my mind that you will go faster if you run beautifully. So these are just new thoughts I've been having. Okay. In the last two miles, I thought, okay, I'm, I'm gassed and I have to go faster and I have to just dump out everything that I have. And I said to myself, just run two beautiful miles. Do whatever you need to do to make those miles beautiful. Like use good form, have good attitude, take, take good breaths, don't ever walk a hill. Like I was just like, be a run like a pro runner, run beautifully. And the old running commercial approach. <laughs> yeah, except for don't run like those people. <laughs> um, and it was a long time to be in the pain cave, but I wanted it so badly, and I was so stoked to be racing. And I got third in my age group, which. Yay, yay. 30 I mean, to 39, right? I mean, yeah. just, just the most competitive. We'll call that the pre- the premier category yes. <laughs> because that's where the freaking fastest women are. Yes. I don't think any women in the category, in the age category below mine beat anybody in my category. Really? So my category was very, very Whoa, fast. Whoa, okay. Very, very fast. Um, and the swag was the ugliest swag I've ever seen in my life. Sorry, Western Reserve Racing. It was a fle- hot pink fleece vest. Guys. Wait, what? Guys. Guys. Like an Old Navy performance fleece? Like a 1990s Old Navy performance fleece. Huh. So I got the men's, which was gray, and then I immediately donated it to Goodwill. That's a weird... That's a... It's terrible. That's a niche thing. Oh, it's, it's just the most softball bad thing that they could have given out. But hmm. 
Very well organized, very COVID safe, very fun course. Would definitely race it again. And yay. So, achieved goals. Achieved goals. Yeah. Okay, so let's um, talk about other fun That's shows. the hell. This is like, you know, uh, I think about Lauren Fleshman not talking about like acknowledging uh, just me opening another can of Ruby Grapefruit Wine Spritzer coming at you. Coming at you. Wine <laughs> uh, Lauren Fleshman talking about like pausing to like acknowledge your accomplishments and stuff. Yes. One of the things I've been thinking of is like not just like transitioning back into like air quote normal life, but being like, holy shit, like this is a thing that happened. Like mm-hmm. you went and did an in-person race. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. My God! Yeah, I definitely fully sat with the joy of it. And and actually, obviously, Fleshman helps me do that because I use her um, training logs. So once I'm done with the race, I sit down and do my whole race review, Fleshman style, and, you know, talk about, like, take a moment at that finish line and be like, you did what you came to do. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I spent, like, a week sitting with that. So I'm I'm very, very stoked on that race. What was your meal afterwards? Um, I had a strawberry banana milkshake. Oh, yeah. Um, a chocolate bar. Good. What kind of chocolate bar? Just like dark a chocolate, straight, just like yeah, straight, straight dark rich chocolate. dark chocolate. Um, and I think I made like homemade post-race food because I've been on the whole food tip. So I've been Good. making like quinoa or farro salad mixed with vegetables. Yeah, me too. I've also been bringing Cheez-Its from home and eating those post-race. <laughs> I just see my recovery times being so lightning fast when I eat clean when I eat clean afterwards and it's not fun and it's not what I always want to do but my my recovery time has just changed radically yeah no thanks (laughs) it's not for everyone and it's also not for me all the time yes and it's funny like um just being able to recognize like the ebb and flow of this like I can start to feel it coming in where I'm like getting itchy to be doing like hill repeats and stuff Mm. like I keep telling Andy I'm like I keep daydreaming about like driving to like Clear Creek or like Great Seal like and doing a bunch of hill repeats and then staying the night sleeping in the new van doing hill repeats in the morning and then coming back to home to like work whoa because it just it sounds like therapeutic to just go and like Chug along oh, for yeah. a while and oh, yeah. yeah. I, I don't have even that level of lust. I just want to eat quinoa. Can we talk about the eventual race? Yeah, we can. So, this past weekend, Andy uh, Lang. Hold Laura, on to your butts, people. Laura Comtoys and I uh, fully fucking accomplished the Shenandoah Epic 24 hour adventure race. <laughs> And that, if you, for the uninitiated, entails trekking, paddling, and mountain biking. Oh, man. there, There's just, like, so much there's in this so last much. weekend. There's so wow. much. Yeah, wow. I I had so many feelings. I had so many physical uh, things that I got to experience. Mental things, social things. It was, it, it was so many things. I think this is good to have a real download like this because... I don't think that you even really talked about how you felt post-race. I think we just kind of like, on the way home, <laughs> and did. no one really talked about anything. We did, other than Like, farts and chicken nuggets. Yeah, we so did. I don't think we ever covered our actual feelings about the race, so this is good that we're doing this. Yeah, now. it is good. I've become super delusional about it already, so that's encouraging. Um, that's, I, you know, part for the course. I have to. Yeah. Because oh. every time I do an adventure race, if anything passes 20 hours, I'm like, I'm never doing this 
again. <sighs> this is my last one. And that's like famously what ultras do to you. You have to promise like, this is my last mile that I'm ever you know going to run. It's funny. It occurs to me that it may be because we're out of practice of like experiencing no, the thing. No, I always hate it. Mm-mm, yeah, no. I, I guess for me, I as I was going through it, I was like, there is no way I will forget how much this sucks. And, and then we'll a do day it again. and a half later, you were like, I can't wait to do a 36-hour race. Yeah, essentially a day later, I was like, that was awesome! Wow. I did awesome! The pain amnesia is actually much faster from adventure racing than it oh. is from 100 milers. Yeah. 100 milers, you can spend five whole days being like, and that's it, and thank you, and I bid you adieu. And they're so ouchy. Like, yeah, they're way more ouchy. Like, I feel like my feet aren't blood bags. I don't have any blisters. I don't have, like, the awesome thing about adventure racing is you get to be off your feet for a lot yeah. of time. And you get to rotate through stuff. So, like, I definitely feel like adventure races are harder, like, all in a whole harder, mm-hmm. but they are not as painful. They're not as painful, but they are mentally tougher. Although... I would wonder what somebody who's performing at a higher level would say about yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, I know that they're not so. redlining, but I, I They do might be wonder. orange lining. <laughs> I, they must be orange lining. Okay, so to back up. So uh, the Shenandoah Epic Adventure Race put on by Adventure Enablers was essentially in the Shenandoah... Um, is it in the National Forest? Shenandoah National Park? something forest. Yeah. Just, I'm just wondering if it's a state forest or not. I think it's I was national. calling it that. So we're going to say... Yeah, Shenandoah National Park. Okay, mm-hmm. Shenandoah yep. National Park, um, which is a beautiful area. The Appalachian Trail goes through there. The Massanutten 100 goes through there, which is, you know, some tough stuff. It's beautiful. Um, one of the things during the race director's pre-race talk is he was talking about how the red buds were going to blow our mind. Mm -hmm. They did not, they did not, uh, fail to deliver. So like flowers and bluebells, it's the most open forest I've ever seen in my Mm -hmm. life. So Mm -hmm. open forest means that there are trees, but there's not a lot of shit (laughs) underneath. There's not a lot of briars. There's not Mm -hmm. like a shit ton of roto. It was it was remarkable. So it yeah, was the perfect Coast, time of year. It's unusual to have that level of oh. visibility in the woods. And yes. also just like not have to do the Frodo crouch when Absolutely. you go through the woods. Continuing like... to get Willy Wonka smaller and smaller <laughs> down the hallway. Yes. Yeah. That's refreshing. So we get to the area. We get our maps um, pretty early the day before. All three of us kept saying to ourselves like, I feel like we should be doing something else, but because of COVID, a lot of things came out earlier than normal to make sure that there wasn't any big groupings or times where people had to all be together at once, which was great because it was great to sit with the maps in the Airbnb and start to noodle through the route. And especially because I was very nervous about my navigation for this because I haven't done it in a year. I just felt like super like rusty and I'll get to more of this later, but just like felt insecure the whole time. Like I just felt like I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know how this works. Wow. Not to mention, I feel like that anytime on these bigger races because it's so navigation dependent. Man, I you feel know? very guilty about this because I essentially feel like I've gone down into the berth of the boat and like essentially taken a nap in a big comfy bed while you're up on the deck, like, <laughs> steering a giant ship through rain. And I'm like, I think we're going somewhere good. Yeah. Feels, feels yeah. regular. Feels yeah. like where we're supposed to be going. Yeah. But I'm the... just totally oblivious to that struggle. Yeah, so, like, you know, but that's, uh, that is one of the things that I don't mind carrying that mantle to be, uh, like, a female navigator, you know? Like, mm-hmm. I feel 
pretty that's pretty fucking cool. And I'm, I'm usually the guy who does your sort of like secondary map check, but Calm Toys actually has more experience with me than me rather in navigating because she's been adventure racing for 15 years. I've only been o o racing for like three, and I'm not good at it. Um, <laughs> You've gotten way way better though, and not for lack of trying, for lack of caring. Let's just be honest. Um, also, I want to point out this race gave out two sets of maps, which was just glorious because there unusual. were some key points. Um, and also, I feel like uh, race race organizers hear this. I feel like giving more sets of maps to teams so that more than one person can navigate or at minimum follow along at a time cultivates more people being able to get into adventure racers into adventure racing because I do feel like that's a limiting factor you know it's like okay we want to have more females in the sport we want to have more all-female teams if you don't have more female navigators that's that's a bottleneck and it's also just a good way to learn is to be watching somebody make the decisions on the map I learned it from watching you (laughs) but you actually didn't so that's funny that's extra funny. So we got the we got the maps. I did what my typical thing is, which is like draw out the route and think about it for as much as I can stand. And then at some point be like, well, that's it. My brain doesn't want to focus on this anymore. Let's talk about what uh, fluid we would lactate if we had a choice. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually what happened. So that's actually that's actually what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was the night before. We I think we all got a great night's sleep the night before. Oh my God, which the was most beautiful... I slept on the side porch in a three seasons room with the windows open and looked at the like starry night sky. It was it was dope. It was awesome. Um, the next morning, the race started at nine. Nine. nine? Um, we stood in a circle. There was there was almost a hundred teams there, mm-hmm. uh, which was really cool and strange because mm-hmm. it it just felt like jumping out of the alternate dimension we've been in yeah. into the one where where nothing weird happened. <laughs> yeah. People were very respectful. Everybody gave yes. space. Everyone wore masks. People were like very, very cool. Yeah. It was, it was really good. And so we're like standing in a, in this giant circle facing each other, getting ready for the prologue, which With is essentially overhead. Yes. Which is essentially, uh, when the prologue for an adventure race is whatever thing the race director comes up with to string people out so that you don't have big clumps of people trying to start the course right away. And our first one, we started at a Lutheran camp called Caroline Furnace. And our prologue was to go to seven different spots within the camp to gather fire making supplies and then bring that back to the main fire pit, um, which was really fun because uh, one of the things for us generally is that after a race starts, we are alone very fast. Yeah, yeah. And we ended up being around other people for like, I think the, the prologue was about 45 minutes for yeah. us. And we got to see all of the other teams coming and yes. going. And so you get to see everyone's faces, see their gear, peep really their cool fun. matching outfits. Yeah. Um, it was cute. Yeah, it was really, it was really cool. So, um, just being able to go through that and like, we walked that part, like, pretty much the entire time except for some gentle downhills which was really good like level set it was also really nice because um whether you're an adventure racer orienteer or neither one of those things inevitably you usually 
fuck up. Oh, yeah. First we almost checkpoint. always go the opposite direction of the first checkpoint. Something just happens where you're like, wait, is uh, are, is my pace counting for a thousand meters? Is that a thousand meters oh, yeah. or ten just meters or a hundred meters? Yeah, or like, I mean, generally, like, we'll blow like a mile by the first checkpoint and then be like, this looks weird. I don't get it. <laughs> you know, we're just <laughs> like, oh, wait. We didn't do that this Somehow time. I'm back to my house. No, we didn't. We didn't, we didn't do that. We didn't do that, which was. Uh, that was very reassuring. It and cracked that- me up because the race director was like, pick up the cone next to you and then your instructions are in the cone. And I, he was like, make sure you read them very carefully or you will not be able to finish. And I think people immediately did not read them because we saw a ton of teams pick up a log and run with it. Yeah, it was very confusing. So we essentially ended up picking up like a tiny square of press sawdust and then, like, six different kinds of matches. That was essentially the things that we needed to gather. And I think some people, whether thought for shits or giggles, no, or... No, they thought they had to make a fire. And they thought, I will get fire-making tools, which includes a log. And so people, like, the lead teams were running around with logs in their hands. And were like, wonder what, well, wonder when we get the log. Yeah, and we kept waiting to get our log. And we it was like, it's just more matches. Yes. Yeah, it's just more matches. So... Completed the prologue in the beautiful morning light and perfect temperature. Yeah. It was, it was beautiful. It, it was, was a beautiful start. Yeah. Um, so, and during that time, we didn't have to have our packs on or anything like that, which was, again, it made for a really nice settling start to kind of like mm-hmm. shake the hibbly bibblies mm-hmm. off and be yeah. like, okay, here we go. Yes. Um, so we get on our out there packs. Out there. <laughs> for adventure reasons. <laughs> and... Uh, we started towards the very first official leg of the adventure race was about a 10 mile trekking portion and the majority of it. What? I forgot it completely. I have no idea what it looked like. It's gone. (laughs) So it was like pretty much all on trail. It was that lovely like trail along the ridge. Like it like. Oh yes. Yes. If I was in different shape, we would have like sprinted that whole part because it was like super like not technical. Okay. Um, it's where, uh, our team went poop for the first time. So that was great. Pearl Jam. We almost got Oh my gosh. Yes. We almost got killed. Okay. We almost got killed and we met this really cool guy who knows all the Pearl Jam songs. I was trying to remember, and I'm sure you guys have heard this podcast where I did Tunnel Hill and there was a Pearl Jam song that made me question the meaning of my entire life. And I could not remember what it was. And so I'm just, I'm rolling through all the Pearl Jam songs I know. And I'm sure I'm annoying the fuck out of Annie and Laura because every five minutes. No, I'm like, not at all. And at one point, I asked like some younger hikers that were coming at us, not affiliated with the race. I was like, "Hey, which Pearl Jam song has blah 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 in the title?" And they just completely ignored me. They were not interested. Yeah, they're also twenty, so they probably don't know who Pearl Jam yeah. is. Yeah. So I thought, you know what? The demographics of an adventure race are the the Venn diagram of Pearl Jam listeners and adventure racers is a, like there's a high level. I was gonna say they're the same circle. <laughs> Merely, they're almost the same exact circle. So, a team of three a three man team was coming up behind us while we were doing sort of a slow climb on a very buff, beautiful trail, and they were moving about the same speed as us. And I turned around and I was like, "What Pearl Jam song has the title?" like black in the title and he was like it's called black it's the last track on on 10 and i was like will you sing it and he was like yes (laughs) and he sang it for us he was like actually i have the entire record memorized from start to finish because when i was 
a lifeguard. We weren't allowed to listen to music. The in, year that that album in came 1992, out. In 1992, mm-hmm. I was a lifeguard. And so I would play the entire record in my head. And that was as long as one of my shifts. And then it was a break for like the lifeguard to like blow the whistle. That's the exact amount of time. And I was like, that is so oddly specific, bizarre, and awesome that you know everything that I needed. Thank you so much. Yep. And we called him Pearl Jam for the rest of the race. He was not... He was not entertained by my screaming Pearl Jam lyrics on the rapids, though. He was just dead. Oh, like, I don't... Flat FX. It got, maybe it was a different Pearl Jam. You never know. Maybe a different Pearl Jam guy? Yeah. So directly following that... Yeah, wasn't it like right after that? Right after that, two women on a horse and a... No, they were both mules. Oh, okay. They were both two mules. mules. And we happened to be at that time, because again, we are still not alone. Dear listeners, if you can believe it, like I expect at at every single race to be completely alone for eighty five percent, but we oh, were in a pack of like note, eight though. people. Quick note is that when the race director asked us when we were a giant drone circle, how many people for whom is this your first twenty four hour race? 50, yeah, I would say forty to fifty percent of the people raised their hand, and how many people have never raced an adventure race? And I would say maybe ten hands went up. So there were noobs to the format and noobs to. The, all of adventure races. Which is dope. Yeah, it's great. Yes. It's great. We'll get to some, some interesting information about those demographics soon. Yes. So we're in this herd of like eight people as we're coming up to mules and uh, having grown up around horses and having trail done trail riding and stuff growing up, I... Uh, Knew just what to say to the yeah, mules. Yeah, so I was asking her like, hey, do you want us to, do you want us to pass you? Do you want to pass us? Like, should we be quiet? Should we... And she asked us to stay still and be on the downhill side of the trail while they went past us. And so as they're going past us, it's these two mules. Um, and they weren't draft mules or anything, but they were they were horse size. They were not donkeys. They were mules. And they go to come by us. And the first one, Waldo, um, <laughs> uh, all of a sudden catches sight of, like, one of us adventure racers standing there. And we're all, like... All of us are being very compliant, doing exactly what she asks us to do, mm-hmm. standing marble very still. still. Yes. But Waldo catches sight of one of us and, and spooks. And spooks. And like he go he tries to go like uphill on the trail. And does a full circle on uh-huh. a very steep off camber. Yes. And I'm surprised he didn't lose his rider. Yes. And so uh, me, Lauren, and Laura squish to the sides because we're like, oh yeah, we're it we're like not. He might fall down yes. onto the trail onto the yes. four guys behind us. And so the writer was like, yeah, it's okay. Like just, he's just a baby. Like we'll just stand here. And oh man, I have to give so much credit to <laughs> the, the guy behind, behind us, us because Waldo was just like standing. Like she just had him standing there to like catch his breath, reorient himself, whatever. And Waldo is standing like facing essentially the way we're going on the trail with his ass just straight up in this dude's face this dude is just standing there he completely could have still. He would have he would right, have annihilated. Right behind this mule's ass. Like <laughs> and he's just looking at That's us the like the first place you can be in an adventure race. And he's just like making this face like <sighs> but he's not moving. I give him so much credit. And so this all eight of us stay still waiting for Waldo to chill out. She brings him like back down the hill onto the trail, continues on their way. Nobody gets hurt. I know, but the dudes behind us were uh, were peeved. Because they mentioned to us later when we were on the trail, they were like, seriously, kind of fuck you, dude, because we all could have gotten just, like, yes. killed. 
by your Yeah, clothes. and she or, was like, she, you know, and the writer was just like, you know, just stay still, which I totally get it. She was trying to, like, prevent anything worse from happening. Yeah. But, like, if one of us had gotten hurt, that would have sucked pretty hard, yeah, too. Yeah, also, it's like, um, yes, I, I know that it's a 24-hour race. It doesn't matter much. But it's like, yes, I know you're racing, but can you also all hold still for six minutes while I turn yeah. my needle around? It's <laughs> kind of like, lady, go away. Yeah, so that was that was wild. And okay. that was just within the first couple. We got to chug through because we've already spent like 10 minutes on the mule and we haven't even <laughs> hey, gotten to racing. the mule was super it important. Was important. This important. super important. So we um, continued to do uh, the trek. We had a pretty big climb. Um, we actually, uh, I got to try towing with Laura towing me uphill, which was really great because um, I have no problem saying this. My fitness out of the three of us was behind Lauren and Laura. So like when you're racing as a team, you can only go as fast as you can get your slowest person to go. So it was super helpful um, to do towing on the trekking part. Um, got through got through the navigation, I think, completely. Yeah, totally fine. Total, totally totally fine. eventless. No problem. Um, and then we got to transition to the paddle, which the paddle was... 17 miles long and i feel like i feel like somebody who is more experienced in navigating would quote that in kilometers i don't know kilometers it was it was was long so we got to get into our canoe with three of us luckily we had the epiphany the night before of like there's three of us in the canoe who where's the where's the middle person what they gonna sit on because there's no seat in the i don't know if you're familiar with the canoe but there's no seat in the middle there's just a wooden stay yeah so luckily we had packed uh, a little playmate igloo cooler that i sat on for the duration of the paddle and don't feel bad for me folks it's the happiest i've ever been in a canoe it was so mad to be in the middle oh my god it was glorious so you don't usually put your captain in the front your captain usually goes in the back but in this case, we needed two captains because we needed someone to steer and we needed someone to tell us how to canoe. Yeah, because we don't know how to do we that. We don't. We don't. We suck at that. And Laura has a tremendous amount of experience on the water um, in, in many different formats. Kayak, kayaking, supping, body bodyboarding? What is it? Boogie, Boogie boarding? boarding? She has experience in some weird, weird water. Also, it's stuff. just in her genes because, and I just want to quote this because I think it's fucking dope. Oh, yeah. Her her dad did canoe whitewater racing. racing alone in the canoe. Well, no one's heard of that sport. I, I've never heard of canoe no whitewater racing. It sport. sounds terrifying. So we were very lucky to have her. So basically, Annie and I were just the dumb muscle in yeah. the back of the boat. Yeah, She's like, I wouldn't Tell even us say. What to do. I don't even think I was muscles because I'd be like paddle, paddle, and then I'd be like. I need to check the map like, so that I know That's what's true. going we on. Like, I did not paddle nearly as much as, as you two did. I was giving my 110% to trying to keep us straight because the water was faster in the center and also moving on the sides. So it wanted us to go zigzag, and I was trying to keep us in the middle. So I was paddling my freaking guts out the whole time. That was probably the hardest effort of the entire race for me was keeping the boat straight. Well, It was yeah. fun. I loved it. Yeah. I loved it. We had a lot of great moments on the paddle. I think mostly it was just feelings of being efficient. Mm-hmm. We've Our paddle experience the last two times has just been like, well, I don't know. I don't know. And like, then we're like, oh, we're done. Get yeah. Out. We we kind of did it, but everybody that I mean, came near us paddled we were in the water up. for like two hours and 45 minutes and we we're like... We don't want to do any more of that. Let's yeah. go back to the bicycles, which in the end, maybe not my favorite. Yeah, and uh, no sleep when we did that, because this is 
remind you, this is our third adventure race, and we didn't adventure race at all last year. Uh, when we did the paddling for no sleep, it was pretty calm. We got through one tricky section. Oh, wait, we um, had to go up water to yeah, get on a bridge. Yeah, yeah. Um, but this was our first time. Like, if it had just been me and Lauren, it would have been a much different outcome. So I was oh, so yeah. grateful for We had to go through Laura. rapids probably five, five to eight times. Yeah. Um, and I've never been in rapids in a canoe, so... Uh, Laura knows how to read the water where like the tongues are and the eddies are. She knows how to like read where we're supposed to go. And she would just tell us to keep cadence up and not to hold the gunnels, gunnels, uh, which was exceptionally helpful. Cause now when I look back at the Facebook pictures, I see that the, all the people went down, who went down the, the first shot in the series of four is someone grabs the gunnel, uh-huh. then a foot goes up and then the boat is upside down. So that was very helpful because yeah. it's not very intuitive. Like you want to hold onto the boat to like feel safe, but that's literally going to tip you immediately. But yeah, it was such a good combination of Laura shared that uh, the paddle section is like, that's like, that's like serious time for her. So it was a good combination of like her wanting to ensure that everything went as well as possible and also being okay, like like barking orders and us being like we have no idea like say it. what say whatever you want we will do whatever you want we loved it so it was tell me how to paddle oh my gosh <laughs> it was it it was just awesome it was the best to feel like we were in good hands also we like, pass people in the boats we never pass people in the boats at least five boats that never happened it was amazing also we should let you know that at least 20 to 25 percent of the boats went capsized Ass over teacups in the rapids. <laughs> it, yeah, we did not. So it was great. So there was about eight checkpoints on the paddle section. However, you you pulled out your boat. You would do uh, like four checkpoints, continue on, then pull out your boat, do four checkpoints. I will admit, and every race is different, and especially with like permissions and stuff, I was bummed that we didn't have any checkpoints from the boat. Me too. Like, I like that. I like to paddle in, get the checkpoint, and paddle yeah, out. Yeah, I That's like to fun. like, like put the canoe into the bushes on the That's island fun. and get I do it. Like that. I do you know, like that. and also like it is a, it was a pain in the ass to transition from being in the paddle to trekking because it was like okay, change your PFD, put your pack on, like yeah. change this, like what you know, whatever, like dump the water change out of the PFD canoe. Sounds so gross. Yeah. <laughs> Change your diaper. Yeah, um, <laughs> take your PFD out of your butthole. So, like, the first the first time we pulled out to do uh, four on-foot trek points uh, during the course of the paddle section, um, we, and luckily we're not unfamiliar with this, where there's, like, fire roads that are marked on the map that aren't there or they're in a slightly different spot. So we went for the first checkpoint, couldn't find it, continuing on a bit. We're just talking about what we're going to do next. Laura's not looking for it, and she just says, I got it. I got eyes it. On. I, I, got I see the checkpoint. We did. We were so like not sure she got exactly where we were. But it was still freaking rad. It was she... so rad. Like we were not sure. We were so not sure where we were. We didn't know exactly which checkpoint number. Also, it was. no one else did. There yeah. were four other teams around us, and they're like, "We're looking at this, and we don't think we are where we see we are." This there was is... a lot of people on that first trekking leg. Like, none of this map makes sense to us. Yes. Also, meanwhile. When you feel like you're on a remote island that you've gotten on from a boat, and yes. you hear dum 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 dum. <laughs> That's dum, right. Dum, for the whole first two checkpoints, there's like either like a music festival going on. Oh, there was I think there was like a campground. There was a campground filled with Hispanic people who were and listening to Tejano music. It was a campground that had a porta potty at for- every single camp spot. 
There was there was fifty porta potties. Let me tell you that Shenandoah loves their porta johns. Uh, it was I've never seen so many porta johns. The at one a that campground. was out in the middle of the woods in the middle of nowhere. I was like, who cleans this and why? Th- there was a lot of porta potties. Also, just hidden porta potties randomly in the woods. Maybe they're just that serious about the river health. Maybe <laughs> okay. Um, don't, don't shit in our river. So in that first on foot. Uh, on foot trek section from the paddle we found one of the four checkpoints mm-hmm. using skill we found one uh, by good fortune of watching other people happen to go for it two of the four Laura just popped off with her eyeballs just and again she spotted them which happens but we were we were not even looking for them no. she just happened she to be like her head left and was like Pop there it, it is <laughs> Wait, what? Why? It's not supposed to be there. And she's like, but there it is. There it is. Okay, and I was the rabbit, which finally gave me some meaning in my life because not being the secondary map guy makes me feel like, why am I even here? I'm just a liability. It's it's wild, though. And just think, that's like the traditional adventure race structure is that, like... I know. And I'm sure everyone has their own insecurities about, like, what they can and cannot do in an adventure race, except for maybe Laura, who's like, I know how to do all Um, but the rest of us normal people are like, I'm no good at this. <laughs> I can't even dot, dot, dot. Not me. I'm upstairs steering the, the boat yeah, in the storm. Because I'm, <laughs> I'm just downstairs sleeping and eating an open can of beans. Yes. 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 So we get back into the boat. We go on. Um, we we get to the rapids. So the rapids was in between the first and second trekking section off of the paddle. Um, and, uh, which was, it's funny because to me, like the rapids were, yes, they were challenging. A lot of people dumped their boats. I thought it was harder to go through the rapids and then have to pull out like immediately. So it was very scary to have to come in during fast water into the check and into the like docking station. And I think it probably doesn't help that that when you and I did no sleep, that's how we dumped our canoe is like turning into a pull out. You go long ways and then the water's rushing so fast that you immediately tip right. Yes. And we, and thankfully Laura was like, don't. Ah. Yep. So the second, the second TA docking area that we got into was just like slick. So much fucking mud people, people fell so many times just getting out of their canoes and me included put their pants on just yeah. like everybody just went down yeah oh, and yeah you oh you did go in. yeah huh? and there was a lot of boats when we got there and like the people coming out from having finished finding those four mm-hmm. checkpoints good they did not they look, look happy good. they looked not happy everybody looked pretty like beat up or that? tired or Yuck. crestfallen and we had talked about, so there was four checkpoints to get on that leg, and we really wanted to get off the paddle before dark. So we gave ourselves like a 45-minute time uh, time limit while we were there. And so we actually started to head towards one checkpoint. We're going up this reentrant. We're like storming through the water. There's like slippery rocks. Laura bad. falls and like, Lauren falls and cold. takes a chunk out of her hand. And again, we're just seeing all of these people coming back like, ugh, you know, and it's like, Also, um, it's bone, the water is bone chillingly cold, <laughs> cold and we have to walk through it no matter what. So all three of us on both paddle section yeah. um, treks 
we were all like visibly shaking. Yeah. We, were, we looked pathetic. Although it was good for me because I just don't generate much heat on the paddle. Like I was like, as we started being on foot, you're just kind of doing that like, like trying to move your arms as much yeah. as possible. But we started going to one checkpoint and then we we're like, fuck that. And then we started going to another checkpoint. And we we're like, yeah, nope, fuck, fuck that. that. Yeah. And then Laura was like, let's climb up to the top of that thing and get to the next one. We're like, let's do it. And if that tells you anything, like it was, it was like, it was a on all fours climb up this hillside to get to air quotes, the easy checkpoint to navigate to going up that everyone around us was like, how are you guys going to get back down that? And we were like, on our butts. On our butts. But as soon as I was walking up and I was like, this is going to be brutal. I mean, it yeah. was like show blopey. Yes, it was show blopey. So we went out on this ridge, got our checkpoint, started to come back. People were like, oh, did you get blah, blah, blah checkpoint? And we we're like, no, we got this one. We're leaving now. <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye. Because I bid you adieu. <laughs> so we got back, you know, we did the whole transition to get back into the boat. And like, you know, this is a learning experience for me too, as far as like navigation and route planning. Like we had three different instances where essentially we did a longer out and back to get to one checkpoint. And combining the time from those three one those three one checkpoint out and backs, we could have used that to get hit up our checkpoints on the last bike leg, mm. and it would have probably been more beneficial. But hard to know, you know, you you live, you learn. That's right. Um, so uh, we get back into the paddle for the last stretch, and uh, we're we're kind of feeling like. Which is, it's a great thing about adventure racing. As soon as you get towards the end of whatever leg you're on, like you start, you start in the canoe and you're like, yay, we're off of our yeah. feet. And then you get to the end and you're like, fuck this fucking canoe. And then you get to the next section and you're like, yeah, I get to plop on my bike. And then you get to the end and you're like, fuck my fucking bike. <laughs> like, I don't know that I burnt out too hard on any leg other than feeling cold in the paddle. Yeah. So the, the paddle. So when we, so when we got out at the downriver canoe, uh, company, the strategy, whatever, yeah, whatever that's yep. called. uh, we were transitioning. We actually had a short trek leg that we could do before we uh-huh. got on the bikes for the long haul. But like, there we was had to, a refugee moment. In yeah. There. We had to walk from where we pulled out the boats. I mean, it was like maybe a quarter mile, like not even a quarter mile from where we pulled out the boat to where we got to our change, our change and stuff. But had but, a huge ooh, paddle it was bag. Cold. It was, the paddle bag was full oh. and wet and heavy. Oh. And it, we were carrying it and our, and our oars. And I was just like, this is, wow. Felt this real is grumpy, but felt is, really grumpy, but at that point. And then uh, we started to see people drop. Yeah, there was, so there was a lot of people. So now we're at transition area three, two, one. And we got to that transition area. Yeah, transition area two slash three, depending on how you count it. And somebody who had gone down to the paddle had busted his knee open in a rock underwater and had decided that his new purpose in life was to assist everyone out of TA2 into the next by getting the Mountain Dew, which is great. So he came up to us, he's like, who needs cold Mountain Dew? And I was like, (laughs) yes, please. But like, uh, so I think for us, anytime we're transitioning onto the bike, it seems to take us a while. I need to look at the time. But like at Nationals, it took us a long time. It did. This race, like, it still seemed like it took a long time. There's just so many moving pieces, parts when you get on the mountain bike. Because it's like, we're almost always on the bike at night. So we need to get headlamps 
bike lamps, make sure everything on your bike is attached to your bike. And also, by the way, maybe my saddle was not on my bike for the, <laughs> most of the end of the race. Makes me think of the would you rather uh, run a marathon in wooden shoes or ride your bike 100 miles with, with no, no seat. Saddle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of oopsie doodles. Oh. Also, so this, this should have been a moment of like a little bit of a rejuve. However, I had taken my extra clothes, my warm clothes to change into for the evening. so bad. It was in my pack, which was in my air quote dry bag, which which I verified my listing on Amazon and it says waterproof. Oh, it's not. So like, I did not pull that out of my ass. So my, my like tights and my warm shirt that I was going to change into are soaking wet. They're, not just kind of ghetto ass storage sack yeah, with a roll top. And not just kind of wet, like soaking, like slap it against the ground, wet. And like I had even made a decision prior to the race to not just bring my normal tights, but to bring like my like fleecy winter line tights. Cause I was like, my legs aren't like with the wind of biking, they will be very cold. But question now. I mean, we'll get to more of your wet pants because it sucks so bad. But <laughs> yes, let's get into my wet pants. <laughs> but in the end, were you okay with your shorts? Yes, but it was very hard. Oh, okay. So it was not comfortable. Not not for a while. Okay. Yeah. So I took Annie's pants and ran them to the fire and leaned them over two cones to try to heat them by the fire. And we were all kind of like, ooh. This is not, not going to work. It's not going to work. So she had no long sleeve, no lo- no long pants. Going into the what was about to be a very cold night, and we were warned that by morning it was going to be like thirty nine to forty degrees. Yeah, so we actually did. So we got to our transition area where the bikes were. We actually went and got one checkpoint on the short trekking part before we got onto our bikes, mostly because we were like, "Hey, like, let's try and generate a little bit more heat. See if we can get my clothes to dry out before we get on bikes." That was one of the things that it's like, well, time-wise, we could have used that time elsewhere, but oh well. Quick note on that trek is that we heard a scurrying on the hillside to our right, and we all turned our headlamps to it, and I was like, I don't know that I've ever seen that animal. What is that animal? I was like, it's a possum cat? What's a (laughs) possum cat? Am I tired? And then we went a few more feet, and we saw another one, and we realized it was a pack of baby foxes it was unbelievable were maybe nine inches long and poofy fluffy they look like stuffed animals they look like stuffed animals they were tiny little potatoes made of brown fluff so we cute. saw three of them one of them had a mouse almost the size of its own body in its mouth obviously there was a mama around because there's no way that something this young caught something this big so we felt confident in that, but we saw these baby foxes both on the trek and the. Following. We saw them lots. I we saw them a lot. If yeah. anybody listening uh, got any or knows anyone that got pictures of the baby foxes, yes, please, uh, send, them please send them to us because it was so cool. They were so cute, and I, I think everyone who was on that leg saw them because they were not afraid of people, which is kind of terrifying. But yeah, it was it was really, it was really cute. It was really special. It was nice to have a little pickup to yeah. see some baby foxes. So. We so get we that do, one checkpoint. Yep, we do our back. one foot. We come back. We, like, for real, change into our bike stuff. Um, I just change into my bike shorts in the middle of the field because, you know, at that point, you know, you don't really care if somebody sees into oh, no. your butthole. <laughs> no, no. I was on the ground with my legs straight out like a rag doll, eating potato chips with a dirty hand while putting chamois butter on my butt with my right hand. 
and pulling my pants up while and never the completely. twain shall meet. <laughs> yeah, I know. This is my potato chip hand. This is my butt cream hand. Or is it this is my or butt cream? Or is it this hand? Um, that reminds me. I have to go back to something on the panel. Like, oh boy. So for whatever reason, this like just got to my like like there are things that gross you out. Yes. So never heard of that. So some water got in some of our food. Including <laughs> Lauren's M and M's, my peanut butter M and M's. And like, so Lauren holds up her bag of peanut butter M and M's. There is one thousand percent river water just hanging out in the bag, and like so much so, like the M and M's are white, like the color has come <laughs> off of the M and M's. And so Lauren holds it up like, you know, like oh, there's water in here. There and Lauren and I are kind of like, you know, bobbing our heads, like, yeah, oh yeah, that's no, a loss. Yeah, that sucks. Those. You can't. Oh, she just ate it. She just. Consistency. It was really like eating Play-Doh that someone had like rolled, uh, rolled in water. Uh, were, I needed it. I was so panicked about my calories that I planned where so many of my calories were ahead in other checkpoints. Mm. And I was so worried about running out. And you were eating a leg. lot too. I, I ate so much food and I'm so glad that I did. Great. Yeah, it was fantastic. Except for my friends were really grossed out by my consumption of river food. I didn't get Giardia as far as I know. It takes two weeks, so give oh, it a while. no. <laughs> okay, well the next so, yeah, podcast so, will be about beaver fever. Yes, so next week we talk about Giardia. So, uh, okay, so not. that was on the paddle section. Back up to the mountain bike. Okay, so we get ready to transition to the bike in earnest. You know, we get all of our shit on. I'm like, I'm, I'm like pep talking myself a bit about like clothing. Luckily, again, it was my legs and not the top because I had an extra top. Lauren gave me an extra jacket. Like I was, I was good to go there, but like. I was like toweling off my rainproof jacket because it was so wet that it had like it wet on it. Oh it was very, man, very bad. I you know I kept reminding myself like during the Sheltie uh, FKT this last fall, I was like there was times where I was colder when I started, and I just t- told myself like I've been through colder, I've been through colder, and I just was like it will be okay, it will be okay. But oh man, yeah, Ugh. I was worried. I was worried about you. <sighs> I was. Because I hate to be cold more than I, I think nausea is my number one hate. Yeah. Cold, cold and wet is my number two. And then like actual regular pain is my number three. So for me, it's nausea. Uh, I'm sure there's other flavors. Heat might be above nausea for oh. me because it's mm-hmm. such a deal breaker. So heat and nausea are like right up there together. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, the wet and the cold have not been as much of a thing for me because mm. I get so freaking hot. It's just been so long since I've been hot that I forget if I hate it. Um, I, know I don't Diego. think it's been long at all since you've been hot. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> Ew. I like it. So um, we're on our bikes, man. And I'm trying to think of like what our vibe. Oh, oh our vibe actually. Is, we're lost. Our vibe yes. is we have no clue where we are. And so we actually, this is road. when this is when all my feelings came out is oh, really? as we were transitioning to the bike. So if you remember, as we were changing into our bike shorts, I was like, I am feeling very insecure. I said I'm having COVID feelings. I'm having like pandemic feelings. I'm just like I didn't know what that meant. I was just putting cream on my butt and chips in my mouth. So I, I'm gonna be. I'll be. I'm just gonna lay out all my feelings. Okay, so I felt like. Because I have not been hanging out with people for this last year, 
my brain has told me that people don't want to hang out with me. That's fucking madness. It is. It sucks. Madness. That so sucks. So it made me feel like I was not good enough for people to want to hang out with me. And being in charge of, like, navigating and doing stuff felt like I can't do this and people aren't going to want to be around or with me because wow. I can't do this. Wow. Okay, I'm going to use another metaphor other than the boat to explain how I feel. <laughs> so in the mountain bike moment before getting on the bikes, I feel like a four-year-old child who is holding my mom's hand at Cedar Point and I'm just like, we'll go to the rides. <laughs> <laughs> We go to the rides. And it would be like if your mom looked down at you and is like, I don't know if I can take you to the rides, and I don't know if you'll like me if I can't. And I'm like, but rides. And, and I was like, oh. And you're my mom. And I don't care if you don't take me to the rides because you're still my mom. <laughs> so I like. That's how I felt. But it was nice because you said exactly what I, I needed you to. You were like, we will take as many breaks as you want. Like, we'll stop as often as you want. And I was like, oh, like. It's okay. Like, and I just, I was trying to be very expressive about how I was feeling because I felt so insecure this whole, this whole race. As it turns out, even if we take all the time we need to recalibrate, to take rests, we are still a very good team. Yeah. Do you know that? Yeah, I'm, I've. Can you that is the that? That is the residual feeling that I have from even this weekend. Even if we take all the breaks we need, take time to be like, Where's my gear? Is it on? Do I have to dry it at the fire? Should I eat more? Should I drink more? Should we slow down? Even with all of that, plus maybe more, we are still fucking rocking. Yeah. Yeah. We are. Yeah. Not maybe. Yes. Definitely yes. Definitely yes. Yes. So like I, so we started on the bikes and it it occurs to, it occurred to me and occurs to me now like I'm not well calibrated for navigating on a bike. Because mm. things go by so much faster that you like yes. time doesn't make sense with your map. Time doesn't make sense, and I don't think a lot of our navigation has been on trail. It's no, mostly we, been road. We've and... only ever done road. Yeah, almost all of our first two races were both on road. And even nationals was like big oh, sweeping it was only sections. Road. It was only road. You know where you didn't really have to pay attention. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So this was like. I mean, heavy trail, almost all trail. Yeah. Although, uh, I think it's worth, so, uh, the, trying to get to the first checkpoint, I was, I was like, I was very blunt <laughs> to Laura and Lauren, like, I don't know where we are. We knew that it waved, so yeah. we just asked somebody. Yeah. And he was like, you go this way or you could go this way. And yeah. this way's flat, pretty, and covered in bluebells. And we were like. That sounds nice. Let's do that. Yeah. But we had come up on a road that wasn't marked on the USGS oh, map, which is so not bad. which is not uncommon, but like it is hard. And again, it's one of the things of being a navigator where I'm like, should I have known that? Should I no. know? Like, I had no idea where we were. No, it's, because there's an older man team stopped at the same intersection and they both go, man, this road isn't even on here. <laughs> Fuck. They were both, I mean, people were feeling exactly like we were about navigation. Every time that we were a little bit confused, people around us were also like, what? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's definitely true. This was the first time I feel like there were as many people who were unsure about navigation. Like, I don't think I've ever been around so many people that were like, wait, what? It didn't make sense with the map. Yeah. yeah. So we asked for a little bit of help on our first 
CP on the bike, and it helped. And also the 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 trail to get where we were going was so beautiful. Yeah. So buffed, covered in flowers. It was just like, I'm dreaming. Yeah. So we were at the Shenandoah River State Park, and like we got to do this mountain bike loop to hit up two checkpoints, and it was really fun. So it was cool. like single track and a half, super buff, mm-hmm. like rolly. It mm-hmm. was just like was a great cool. combination of things. Also, there was like a central intersection where everything kind of branched off, and there was like inevitably always like eight people there. Yeah. They were always different people, yeah. but we'd go out and then come back and be like, let's, we're at the party intersection because yeah, it was like, oh was my cool. gosh, we're still not alone. This is great. The second time we came back to the party intersection, which was much later, maybe this is wrong, but we met up with our new friend, Dave. Right? Yes. And I think it was around the... The second mm, time we were at the yeah, party. Yeah, maybe we so. We were coming back from the first few CPs. And our new friend, Dave, who's been a long-time adventure racer, was, like, looking at the map. And we we had we had blown by a CP on the first leg. Was this on the second? No, this, is later? this is later. Should I tell it later? We should tell it later as okay. we get there. All right. So we did. So we did a couple checkpoints on the fun actual mountain bike trail, like kind of had a blast and we're like feeling ourselves and then we got to just kind of like we kind of just got to haul ass back to the same mm-hmm. transition area we had just come through to swing through on our way to the full-on uh bike section that essentially we had to do <laughs> to get back to the finish area just and like hours of mountain biking yeah and like That's kudos funny. to the volunteers at that <laughs> that transition area thanks laurel um, oh, who they were encouraging people. I shouldn't say encouraging. They were stating like, Hey, you're like considering how much is left mileage wise that you have to do, no matter like what navigation choices you do, you should really be thinking about being out of this area at X time. Mm-hmm. And there was some grumbling we heard from teams about being like, well, why should we not be doing this? And it turns out because we would have a shit ton of time on the bike later, which it just wasn't stated very clearly. I feel like, or maybe my brain was tired, but, like, them warning us didn't come out right. Yeah, yeah. And I think, um, you know, and I'm sure it's, like, a sticky thing to be. And the race directors had even said something in advance, like, don't ask the volunteers anything. Like, because they were saying, like, it really sucks when a volunteer gives information that doesn't end up being right. Like, you should always be using whatever your best judgment is and making decisions based on what you, you know. Um, but we definitely kept that in mind and got out of that area pro- probably just in the nick of time. Oh, well, maybe. Definitely. Yes. yes. Definitely. Oh, so we go through the transition area again. The same one, like, the same transition area was kind of multi-purpose as we pulled out of the paddle, as we did the short trekking leg, as we did, like, the one-off mountain bike section. And now we're beginning our <laughs> air quote final you know transition to the finish because we're only halfway through the race race. at this point yeah and there there is also another section of trekking that is to if you were to complete the course you were supposed to finish with a trek oh yes Yeah. yeah consider that yeah consider that when i looked at the lead teams finishing on the in the photographs they're on foot and i'm like why i was like oh that's oh, yeah. there's they a did whole the, leg we there's didn't there's a whole we leg do. we missed yeah so we start the biking and it's we end up being on the bike for the next 11 hours <laughs> which i'm always so grateful like the same thing with nationals like if you would have told me that 
uh, adventure race nationals, we were going to be on the bike for over a hundred miles. I would have been like the, I can't do that. Yeah. I've never done that. I can't do yeah. that. Yeah. And because I didn't know I was okay. Like if, mm-hmm. if I would have started the race being like, Hey, half of the time, at least you're going to be on the bike. I would have been like, no, thank that you. feels not, no. not right. We did less than half the biking we did at nationals and it felt almost as long. So we started out on some road, but it very quickly got to trail and then we started to climb. And as we went off the fire road and began up the trail, there was a team that was from the area and the guy was like, have you guys been on this trail before? And we're like, no. And he's like, so it will seem doable at first and then it will get more and more steep. So just a heads up. Yeah. And I knew that we were going to, quote, be climbing the mountain twice. Twice. Yeah. Which, you know, mountain's relative, so, you know, who knows what that means. So Nothing could have prepared me for what the last climb looked like. Nothing. Nothing. So this is the first climb, though, which actually, like... It wasn't even that bad. I don't even remember it. Dude, it was bad. I deleted it completely. The first climb was way worse than the second. No, disagree. Period. Period. No, so, the second climb went on for days. Literally so days. So the first climb, we went up Massanutten Mountain. Uh-huh. And the the majority of it was just like a slow burn up. And then it got to be like rocky. Oh, it was very We had steep. to push our bikes up for... It was very, very steep. For yes. a couple miles. It's coming back to me. I... Uh, like I had to ask us to stop and take breaks multiple, multiple times. And before every single one, I was like, do you have to, do you have to? And I was like, I do. I have to, like, I have to stop. You have to take a break. (laughs) So like, I, you know, again, I'm trying to like, just keep my emotions in check because I'm like freaking out like that. I can't keep up. Like going uphill on a bike is like, it's just like the lowest honed skill that I have. Like I cannot go uphill on a bike very well. It's so slow for me. It's so slow. It drives me crazy. Um, but Laura was kind enough to remind me one, she's been adventure racing for 15 years. You were on a cycling team. You've ridden your bike across the country. So like, but it's crazy how you can know that, but still need to be like, Remember, you learned how to ride a bike essentially yeah. three again for you know like relearn how to ride a bike three months before no sleep in 2019. Like you've been riding your bike for not even two years seriously yet. Like just keep that in mind. Just keep that in mind. You consider that I've spent seven and a half years watching the back of your shoes, thinking that I'm not as good as you the entire time. Just consider it that is it's rough. Been a I long, hate it. A long, long time of me processing. You're okay. You're good enough. You know how to run. You know how to hike. Seven and a half, eight years of just thinking, you'll be okay, Lauren. Someday you'll be as strong as Annie. It's so stupid and such a waste of time. Yeah. I mean, I don't think about it anymore because now I don't worry. If, If I feel like you're stronger than me, I just latch on with my mind with the carabiner and think, do the best you can until you have to say, Annie, I have to stop. Yeah. And I have many, many times. And this was such a good exercise, too. And, like, if I ask us to stop and we stop, like, nothing explodes. No one yells at each other. No one loses. Like, it's fine. Like, you guys weren't sitting there tapping your feet. I don't think you thought, like, I, I mean, I don't know what was in your brains or what you guys were thinking about. But you I know what was in my brain? <laughs> <laughs> 
So so sucked. not we could only we could go faster if only Annie didn't suck. No, it was just like oh. <laughs> that, so that's what was in my brain. It was like I wonder if I need. I would like some new socks. <laughs> Good. I was nowhere. Good. I, I was most of the time I was either nothing like whoa 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 or I was like. I'd really like to go to Toronto. <laughs> but it was a gnarly, long-ass uphill. Everything after this, in the second mountain bike section was all technical, rocky, some boulders, some, ba- a lot of baby heads. Almost. There was a lot of rocks. Almost only baby heads. Yeah. And steep ups. Mild flats, steep ups, and then wicked crazy downs. Yeah, so we get to the top of Massanutten, and, like, there's a few people hanging out. We did a little bit out and back going the wrong way on the trail and then came back to where it was, like, descent time. And this is my favorite part of the whole race. This is your favorite part of the whole race. Yeah, so we descended this crazy, wild, splashy, baby head-covered, wild technical descent, and Laura and Annie are wild animals on a descent. Fearless, crazy, insane, also KOMs on the descents, oh, if you look at the strides. Nice. Blasting the shit out of them. And I am, I consider myself an okay mountain biker, and I was hanging on for dear life, <laughs> thinking, take the risk, take the risk, Lauren, take all the risks just to stay with them. But also cackling with joy, like, splash! Baby head, splash. And it was super sketch. Like, it was really fun to, like, go around people that were, like, which, uh, honestly, to me, and, of course, this is, like, lots of things where it's, like, if you try and go slower, it actually makes it scarier. Or if you're scared of it, it makes it scarier, which I hate those things because you have to just be, like, I'm not afraid to die. Well, and so Laura has a full squish, but I don't know how you were doing what you were doing without... I think I for I know for a fact I should have let air out of my tires, but wanted to have less rolling resistance on the flats. So I was probably at 35 and 38 when I should have been at like 22 and 25. Yeah. So I'd hit a baby head and just get just a popped point. out of my fucking saddle and be like, Wah! But you were laughing so hard. It was great. So I think you were just fun. like, I'm having so much fun. This is the best. I like, was- I was listening in my mind to my very first, not coach, but my first team captain, uh, Mark Farmer, from Team 614, which is the first team I've ever been on, saying, trust the tires, I'm like, go to the brakes. And I was just like, okay, I guess I'm going to do that. So uh, so we did that. Tell me when I get to tell the story about Dave. <laughs> oh, we're almost there. So we, like, continue to do, like, super muddy around... Uh, rocks and like I've never said this about any place before but Shenandoah had the best mud oh yeah best mud so it wasn't peanut butter it wasn't sticky it wasn't slow it was just like slick like silk you could you could zing through it yeah although uh Laura did fall twice because of going through these super deep puddles but it was like hey you like you have to try it because like if we can so get right. through without being soaked, so you come downhill into what I would call whoopty woo, and there would be standing water, and she think, well, it's possible that's two inches, it's possible it's two feet. She went for every time it was and great. She got to the bottom of one and went and leaned all the way into the water. I don't know how she recovered from being that wet when yeah. it was that cold. Yeah, really shocking. 
Uh, so yeah, so we get to bomb by a few people and we're so into the descent and especially me, like after struggling so hard on the uphill, I was like, I do know how to ride a bike. Yes, you do. You <laughs> like, absolutely so, do. and we get to a certain point though. And I'm like, oh, oh shit guys. Like, I think we just like blew by the checkpoint. And to me, I'm, I'm fully in ultra mode of like, never go backwards on the course. Yeah. Like as soon as we go two steps past the checkpoint, it, the checkpoint. it's lost to us forever. But... But luckily, there's Laura. Laura was like, okay, yeah, so we, we go back for it. And it was like, oh, yes, we go back uphill for it. So we set down our bikes, and we turn around, and we go back up the hill to go to a checkpoint. So before we turned around, that's when we met this guy, Dave, mm-hmm. who has this short beard and was racing solo male. And he said, um, he, I was like, we have just blew by it. And he goes, oh, yeah, damn, guess I'll keep going. And I was like, no, we're going to go back and get it. And he was like. I don't think you should. And I was like, no, we are. Because I was talking to people while you guys were mapping. <laughs> Basically the whole time. Tell me what that's like. Yeah, I know. Sorry, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> Sorry, but it's a lot of fun. And he was like, we're not going to make it to the finish. And I, and I turned and I looked at Laura and Laura was like, oh, oh. And I turned to him and I was like, we are? We definitely, definitely are. We never don't. And we will, we never don't, and we always will. And I was like, good day. And I had kind of a spicy feeling for him, like, don't tell me what we can't do. Because I've been on, every year on BFC, someone tells me, we're, we're not going to make it. We're not going to make it. Every single year, I'm standing on the course, and someone says, we might as well give up because we're not going to make it. And that's the moment when I'm like, I'm going to leave you now, and I'm going to make up an hour and a half. So Dave kind of gave me that spark to be like, oh, no, bitch. We're going to make it. Yeah. Yeah. But I didn't know what was ahead of us. So we went back. We got the checkpoint. Um, also got to see Brian Gaines at that point, which was great. Um, thank you, Brian. Thank you, Brian. Good <laughs> to see you, Brian. Yeah. And then we headed uh, back down to our bikes, got on our bikes, continued on the mountain bike section. We got to descend um, a little bit more than that, but it started to get into quite a few water crossings. And so we yeah, were kind of like called when it's like. A concrete slab. Oh, I'm not sure. Like where your sister got the car stuck once? Yes. I don't know what that's called. I don't know what it's called either. But there's just like concrete like blocks that have been poured to be able to get across the water. And um, there's usually water rolling on top of it. Yeah. I feel like I feel like I've lost the next little chunk like right before. Me too. Oh, wait. No. <laughs> uh, because we did the next climb still in the dark as well. Mm-hmm. So we chugged along for a little bit, and then knowing that we still had another climb, continued on, and then it was like, oh, yes, now we are beginning our our climb again. I'm actually going to check the map because I think it's worth climbing or worth referencing. So we got to the section where there was an easy and a hard route, which cracks me up because I cannot imagine having gone to the hard route because... Even before the race, we were like, yes, we're planning on doing the easy route, which is what we did. Um, And we (laughs) still... What could have been harder than what we rode? We still had a super significant um, climb because, you know, regardless of which direction you go, the top of a mountain is the top of a mountain. Oh, yeah. So we we cut through on a road section. We get back to a fire road. We do the air quote easy section. And then we begin the climb again in earnest up to three top mountain and uh, in retrospect, this would have probably been a good one to skip for sake of time. But 
as far as like being epic, we had to do it. So we climbed to the top of Three Top Mountain, which if you look at Shenandoah, there's essentially like two main ridge lines, and we got to climb both. So oh, we. we. <laughs> so we get up to one of our one of the last checkpoints that we get, which was uh, checkpoint five six, and it was at the top of a fire tower. Oh man, that's like my. I, both of my greatest fears were incorporated into this race. Yeah. Actually, all three. Rapids, having to walk up a fire tower that you can see through, and, and walking across a log yeah. also while, while portage carrying your bike. Yeah. So we do this big climb up to the top of Three Top Mountain, and it was this big, like, the uh, gravel road or fire road switchback, but it was just another, like... <laughs> Like pedaling uphill. Like, oh yeah, but before we got to it, we 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 rode up and then walked up. Yes, we rode up and then and dropped then I our was bikes. A dick to the guy at the CP at the aid station. I'm sorry to you. I was in a bad place for a moment. Yeah, what did you say? Oh, he said he said I said, is there water here? He said, no, you'll have to get it when you get to the bottom where the where the river is. And I was like, turning to Annie, I said, we're gonna have to purify our water. And he was like. Yes, you're definitely gonna have to purify your water. Like, and, and I'm I, talking to my teammate. I said, I'm talking to my teammate, and it was the <laughs> dickiest move I've ever made. But I just, I wanted to be like, men are not invited to this conversation, <laughs> this tactical. No, thank you, sir. Conversation that I'm having with my teammate about water purification. You're not invited to this conversation. I was a dick. So we dropped our bikes at the manned, uh, the manned area. Continued on in our bike shoes up the fire tower. Lauren got the punch. We came back down, and then we just got to fucking fly down the fire road, back down the switchback. was so fun. Also, like, this is when some of our lighting started to be problematic. Well, actually, actually, Laura's had already happened at this point, so... And mine was just about to go out. Yeah, so, like, as we're going down this descent at, like, literally 30 miles an Mm -hmm. hour, Mm -hmm. my bike lamp is not working very well. My headlamp on my helmet is very dim, and I'm, like, reading the road using Laura's light in front of her as, like, my light and just trying to remember what's coming at me. It's very dangerous at 30 miles an hour. Yeah, yeah, and I was just like, well, I don't, you know, like, we finally get to do this downhill. You don't want to, you don't want to stop. Like, it's really hard to want to stop. So we continued, like, bombing down this downhill, having a blast, and then, you know, we start to get back to, like, a rolly section. So this is when we get on the highway to hell, or whatever. That's exactly what it is. Thanks, Transrock. It's just this, uh, it's just this undulating, like, rocky, like, buff with rock on it, ATV Sand, trail. Sand, mud, water, uphill, rocks. And it and just... also, this is the time we didn't see any other people for about yeah. four and a half hours. Yeah. So Annie kept second guessing if we were going the right way, but there yeah. was no other way to go but straight. Yeah. And we saw lots of bike bike tracks, so that was reassuring, but, like... We were just on the same trail for fucking ever. And honestly, like, I was not, like, counting. Like, we hadn't, like, reset Laura's bike computer. So it was like, mm-hmm. we could be six miles we past where we were supposed to do anything. Also, at this point, Laura and I had conferred over the maps. And we were like, hey, like, timing-wise, we have so much mileage to cover to get back to the finish. We need to not get any more checkpoints because we don't have we don't have the time to even try and navigate to those. Even though the points were never really far off the trail where we were, it's like we don't have any time to spare. Mm-hmm. We need to just keep going. And so we're on this like 
undulating. It was purgatorial. Yes, it was. It was like, it was just like a ATV road treadmill. There was no one there. It was just before sunrise. We had already passed the sleepy part of the night where we all took caffeine gum. Yeah. And, were, and had rejuvenated and laughed and had a good time. So it was after the crest of your caffeine and the time between caffeine rush and the first light where you're just like, I'm a zombie who hates life. Yeah. And you're not quite to the point where you can smell the barn. So you're like not enthused about that at all. Mm -mm. And like, I just, we had enough uphill where like, I just, I could not get any speed going. It just took for fucking ever. It was so many. It ended up being 14.5 miles of climbing, which is on a mountain bike. Just take some time with that thought. Yeah. Technical uphill climbing just for for four and a half hours it was a lot and so like you know we were on it so long i just kept like just kept looking at the bike tracks and being like it's okay we're not lost this stretch is just for fucking ever it's just forever it's Mm -hmm. just forever Mm -hmm. and so we're like continuing to just undulate and undulate and undulate and then we finally like pop off of that trail and we get to another road that just like climbs and climbs and climbs. Like but when we got to the road there were, we finally caught up with a team of a two man team. And yes. James. Yeah. And there was like, we caught up with a team that was having a bike mechanical issue. Oh, so, was, so, so three teams. Yeah. So it was we like, past three teams. it was like, okay, so now we know, like we can just put aside the, like, are we on the right path? Like concern and just focus on the fact that like, oh yes, we're supposed to be on this highway or this road that goes forever. Um, but yeah, so we caught up with some people and then we went on that road that like climbed up into the campground. Terrible. Forever. Terrible. Like, um, oh, I accidentally said to Annie, I said to Dave as he was coming up alongside us, home stretch. And Annie looked at me with the most grave face ever and said, don't say that. It's not. <laughs> I was so worried because we weren't even on the very last map yet. And I just thought like, if we still have like 10 miles on our bikes, like we can't start like being like, don't need this food, don't need to drink yeah. this water, like whatever's fine, it's yeah. fine. Um, so like we do this climb and like luckily at this point I was like, okay, I can sit on my bike and I, like- the- Oh yeah, you ch- you went into champion mode at the end. Yeah, and I don't know like if the pitch was just not quite no, as steep, I just, just like took resolved. a breather. It was just as steep. You just decided I'm going to stay on my bike. I would look back and you would still be there. You just decided it doesn't matter how hard it is. I'm just going to stay on my bike. And I was just like sitting there and I'm just like, I'm just like trying to like spin as like cat, like air quote as casually as I could to like not gas out because I'm like, it was awesome because I told you and Laura, like, give me any advice you can at any time. Like I'm totally open. And you were like, Hey, don't forget, like you can get up out of your saddle and like stand to climb. And I was like, that would be great. But like after three turns, my, my quads explode into lactic acid and they just (laughs) don't do anything. Like, you know, I didn't even feel like I got to a point where like, my brain was going to quit because my body was just like... I still have more (laughs) feedback for you about that. Okay. Because you don't have to dump it down into a super hard gear to do the standing climb. You can keep it in just one to two gears harder than your granny spin and then put consistent slow and even pressure on the pedals. Not like push, 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 but stand up and like do do like like a slow circle. That makes sense. And, And... just try that out when you're like at chestnut or whatever. Okay. Where you when you stand and climb on a on a slight incline, you don't like give it your whole weight. Okay. You just do it. You push very gently. That's the thing that I'm missing because I only know like put it into the hardest gear and then no. like like you want it to be almost as slow as if you were seated. 
Okay, that's that's good. And to you know. don't want that TikTok feeling. You want the, your plumb line to sort of be straight, as because when you do the TikTok, like you're really working hard. You're working your upper body. You're working your quads. If you can just stand up to get your ass out of the saddle to work different muscles and try to keep it steady and pushing forward with the plumb line straight, you won't feel like you're losing as much. Okay, I will I will try that next. Okay. I feel like I've gotten the, like, I think seated, I was still early on trying to pedal at a faster pace than I could maintain rather than just being like, what's the slow, essentially it was like, the key to success for me was, what's the slowest you can pedal uphill yeah. and not fall over? Well, and that's the other thing is like, if you're in full granny gear, you should put your hands on the edges of your handlebars and you should let your bike wander as much as it wants. Don't try to like make it go straight. So just pedal and if your bike goes left, follow it left. And if your bike goes right, follow it right. So that you're not like, I must go forward. You're just doing it to stay on the bike. Let it wander. Hmm. That's really helpful, I promise. So next time I have 15 miles to climb, I will try that. I'll try that. Um, I, (laughs) this, so again, I don't feel like my brain was broken. I was just like, I, I'm just going to do what I can do. And that's all I, that's all I can do. Like, luckily I felt more at peace with what I could do at that point than I had earlier. going much faster in the end. Considerably faster. That doesn't make any sense. But but you did. Yeah. That's literally what happened. You just, you made some kind of resolution and just went faster. So we're, we just continue on this road forever. At one point I started to get hot again and I, I, we all did. And I had my coat on and I was like, Oh I need dear. To, I was like, I need to take my coat off. And Lauren said, Annie, we don't have time for that. And then you immediately were like, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have said that. I'm a bitch. And I was like, no, dude. Like, I get, I get it. Like, I was just looking at my watch and looking at my watch. Uh, and I could see it, it was 7.20 when you wanted to take your jacket off. And yeah. I was like, we don't have time yeah, and for I, any I'm, mess ups. I'm like trying all. to do advanced calculus in my brain of like, okay, which one is more beneficial and which one is more risky to us? Like, should I keep my coat on for the sake of time and explode into heat? Should I take my coat off? But potentially it take a while to do that. And uh, I just was like standing there trying to do advanced calculus. And Lauren was like, Annie, you have time to take your coat off. I, I'm sorry. I, 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 my brain broke. <laughs> it was like, we must It was finish. a valid point though, because... We still, it's, we still had many miles to go and we had like 90 minutes left. Yes. And yes. we, I was very worried. And I, you don't know the conversations I was having with Laura because we were mathing up front. Yeah. And we were like, I was like, what's the, okay, how many miles an hour did we go for the last couple miles? And she was like 2.4. And I was like, yikes. Mm-hmm. She was like, if we can do this, we have to have some downhills. And when we do those downhills, we're going to have to go extremely fast. And I was like. Okay, so what's the chances? And she was like, at this point, it's going to be very slim. Yeah, and I knew that too. But again, l- l- for better or worse, I was like, this is it. Like, this is what I have. Doesn't matter. This is what I have. Doesn't like, matter what there's happens. A, there's a there is some freedom in that of being like, there's nothing left in there. So mm-hmm. like, this is what it. Which is so funny because you went faster. <laughs> So we continued, I, I, and I'm going to continue to say we continued on this road because this is what it felt like, where yeah, we just continued on. I almost want to get out of this conversation about it because it's traumatizing oh. me. So we finally get to a point where we're not on the same section. We hit the T. And we didn't know, because that's just not in my navigational toolkit yet, I did not know that from X point 
to the finish was going to be downhill essentially the whole way. We got to bomb. 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 In a pace line. Miles and miles of downhill towards the Caroline Furnace camp. Three and a half miles of bombing downhills. We hit a max speed of 32 miles an hour per my Garmin that was all tucked away in my... a lot for a mountain bike, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, and at the end of the day, on a gravel road, like, we were never, we were hardly ever on pavement. Oh, yeah, we were not on pavement, so that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, it was, we had so much fun on that section. We We were just like, yip, 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 yip. The sun was out, like, we're back to all the flowers showing, like, birds are chirping. Starting to get the goosebumps. Starting to get goosebumps. And then we see the sign for Caroline Furnace and think, we've done it. And Dave's like, we still have to go through the adventure, or the, the nature trail. And I was like, no. And we look left, and to get up to the campground, there's one more fucking climb. Yeah, luckily it wasn't too gnarly, but I definitely went back to my two and a half mile per hour pace going uphill. I was worried about that last climb. I was like, this is the difference between us finishing and us not. Yeah, and we get back to the section that we knew from having done the, like, fire-making supplies. Which is all downhill with water bars, which is the most... That was dumb luck that I descended that without dying. So we get back to the last section. We're like in, we're across the water from the field where the finish area is. We have to pick up and carry our bikes across this log bridge to get back to the finish. We managed to do that. I'm so mad at Getting that. back on our bikes. We've got 10 minutes at that point. We were like, holy shit, we're going to make it. And we pedal our bikes across the field. We get to the finish. Our official time, we had eight minutes to spare on a 24-hour race. Wow, we really fucking magooed that shit. We, I mean, we did the most that we could in the time. Like, and, you know, we were essentially, like, chasing the cutoff for the last four and a half hours. Almost six, yeah. I would say. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say from the time we decided that we couldn't get any more checkpoints. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Wow. Wow. I'm very stoked on our finish. Yeah. I, at the time, I, like, well, not even at the time... The, the race, like, was just so many emotions for me. Just, like, you know, amazement at being there, insecurity in what my fitness status is, my navigational skills, being behind on the bike, not being able to go uphill, like, just, uh, and then, like, feeling like, oh, my God, we've done it. Like, I can accomplish anything. And then to be, like, one day later, be like, I'm the most confident person in the whole world. Like... One day later. Yeah, because we're like, we have a 36-hour on the, on the books for five weeks from now. And I was Ooh. like, I think with like three hours to go, I was like, Annie, oh. you know I'm not feeling particularly inspired to do a race yes. like this again in five weeks. And yeah. she was like, yeah, me neither. I don't think I've been so scared of the idea of something as I, I as I was of two the Two Rivers Adventure Race on May 29th. While doing the Shenandoah Epic. Me too. Like, like I, I had a hundred mile or BFC and thinking I can't do the other. Yes. And like, I had to like actively like push the thoughts of two rivers adventure race into a closet and like shut the door. I almost had her. I almost, she was like, I know I'm also not sure. And I thought I'm going to get out of this and I'm going to instead, I'm going to go to an arcade and get my nails done for my birthday. But no, I'm going to do a (laughs) one and a half day race. Well, carrying a pack rack. Thanks, Rootstock Racing. Thanks, Rootstock Racing. <laughs> but yeah, like, I I really, during that race, the whole course of the race, I was like, there's no fucking way I can get oh. it. I can get it up. I can't get my oh. pussy hard for no, another I adventure race my, in five weeks. I'm still, 
I'm still not fully I don't, a rock-hard pussy. I'm that. already delusional. Like, my pussy is rock-hard right God now. God damn it. I know. All I right. know. All right. So, yeah, so... Uh, an epic adventure race Incredible. weekend. Incredible. Um, just really nice to be around people. It was like a super well-organized race. Mm-hmm. The I know Adventure Enablers does tr- race tracking as part of their business, but like we had live trackers on us the whole time. There was dot following for family and friends back home. They they sent out links to download the GPX post-race. The, the pre-race packet alone... The design of it was so cohesive and beautiful. There's just nothing about this that wasn't perfect. I'd also like to say, in the end, big ups to Fragile Flowers. Um, yes. For winning first place female team. Yes. Uh, they won with 27 CPs yep. and we uh, got second with 21. Yes. So they did some hustling. You are an animal, Olga. Yeah. It's She's always nice to creature. see you on the course. and like Always nice. Um, hey y'all we need more women in adventure racing so the fact that we only had two all-female teams in the three and four person divisions if you are interested in getting into adventure racing there's a whole women of ar facebook group there are scholarships for women to get into adventure racing there's mentors out the wazoo between stephanie ross and abby perkis like there are just like some great resources so if you have any interest like message us message whomever like we need more women in trail running. We need even more yeah, women in yeah. adventure racing. And consider that there are four man teams. We could do a four woman team. Yes. So, yeah. you know, consider testing your testing your bits with us. Um, also, because I don't think we can loud this enough, uh, Laura Calm Toys. Oh like, you just heavens. complete us. You complete us. So thanks. Heart eyes. Yeah. So thanks for being on our team this weekend because uh, we would have been less successful without yeah. you. Yes, you are a beautiful puzzle. It piece would have been less fun uh, as well. Like, and also just the moments of like wisdom along with at some point <laughs> went to the bathroom and Laura was like, "No wiping, huh?" And I was like, "Shut <laughs> up! You're not my mom." Even though I just talked about my keys to success for wiping my butt every time. Before we close out, I would like to say that there was a point when we were coming back from the tower and everyone stopped to pee and my body was like, you have to poop two feet now. And you said, everyone's butt's okay. And I was bearing down so hard that I couldn't take a breath to tell you that I was okay. And so I was silently thinking, my butt's okay. things that bring us together (laughs) yeah yeah well we can't we can and cannot wait to race again in less than five weeks when we do the two rivers 36 hour race and Um, guys we will be uh the goal is to do more podcast episodes thanks for your patience over the long nuclear (laughs) winter um lauren somebody lauren said something like oh yeah we would podcast more if we had races and i was like oh no we would have podcast more if i didn't have to crippling depression and <laughs> yeah, that does slow you down a little yeah, yeah yeah but here we are feeling good feeling uh, fine being together <clears throat> so until next time we are perfect, perfect! <clears throat> <clears throat>